Welcome everyone to The Mashroom Show, the place to come for landlords who need help and advice with insurance, tenant finding, mortgages, rent collection, and a whole lot more. This is a pre-recorded show, but we will be going live at the end with our panel to take your questions, so just drop them in at any point. We'll get to them in a little while. I'm Rob Smith, and today I'm delighted to welcome back once again Chartered Accountant and Chartered Tax Advisor, Richard Cunningham. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about what to do if you've made errors on your tax return and how they could potentially affect you now and in the future. Tax, of course, is a big worry for anybody, let alone landlords. It's always one of the most popular topics that we cover, and that's probably because it feels like it can be a bit of a minefield. So if you're not an accountant, it is easy to make an error. That could catch HMRC's eye. What happens if you find yourself under scrutiny? We're going to find out. Before we speak to Richard about all of that, don't forget you can follow Mushroom any number of different ways on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and you can join our private Facebook community where you can share your experiences, ask questions, and get the support and answers that you need. We will also be sending out a recording of the webinar as well as a review request, and we'd really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review if you can. If our conversation sparks an idea or a question that you want to share, well, you can do that via the Facebook community page. Our expert team will be responding until four o'clock. We've got loads to get stuck into, so without any further ado, let's get started. Well, today's guest once again is Richard Cunningham. Richard, thanks ever so much for, for coming in. Um, and Richard has joined us at the end of last year before uh, we did a great series about tax. And so far this year, we've talked about uh, incorporation and inheritance tax. And that one really sparked an awful lot of conversation. Yeah, lots is. of people really talking about yeah. stuff on that. So don't forget, if you want to go back and take a look at those, then you can do uh, any of our previous conversations on our website or on our YouTube channel. Um, so today, Richard, our, uh, our main subject is to do with tax inquiries. Yep. Essentially, we're talking about when HMRC come knocking. They come knocking and yep. they say, right, you've claimed that you are earning X and we want to just double check that you have earned X. That's correct. And yep. make sure that you haven't been trying to fill the books at all. Or X should have been on your tax return and wasn't. So let's start off then. Um, what are some of the things that might actually trigger an inquiry from HMRC into your, into your business goings on? I suppose the first thing to say is, you know, it can happen at random. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, they tend to approach uh, this on an on a, a assessment of risk, um, and they get data from various sources. So it can be banks, uh, land registry, DVLA, that kind of thing. Um, and they will look at what's on the tax return, and they'll look at the information that they, they hold. Mm -hmm. um, and if it doesn't match, then you know, that's when they'll raise an inquiry. So what are the kind of things they'll actually look at then? You mentioned sort of banks and the land registry. I mean, they'll, they'll actively, proactively look at those things? Yeah, I mean, I suppose uh, it's about, I suppose let's look at the kind of common, uh, the common areas, the, mm -hmm. common, um, the common mistakes. Um, loan interest claims, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's one. So uh, if you go back five, six years ago, if you remember, uh, a landlord could claim a hundred percent relief for his uh, the interest on his mortgages. Mm -hmm. Now you can only effectively get basic rate relief, but there are still people out there that will claim the, the, the full relief. So that you know that will trigger an inquiry. Um, 
capital expenditure versus revenue expenditure. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, we talked about this a bit before Christmas. Um, so people claiming uh, capital against um, income. Uh, example would be, I don't know, you, you put a, uh, a conservatory on the back of your buy-to-let. Uh, that's a capital uh, spend, or you put an extension rather on the mm-hmm. back of your buy-to-let. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's capital spend. Um, you will get tax relief for that, but when you come to sell the property, you can't offset that against um, your rental income in the year. So those kind of mistakes uh, are, are, are pretty common. Um, other mistakes, uh, late filing of returns. Mm-hmm. Um, tax returns due for filing on the 31st of January. Um, late, if you file late, you're gonna get a 100 pound late filing return. Mm-hmm. Uh, after three months, it's gonna be 10 pound a day for 90 days. After six months, you're looking at 300 pounds or 5% of the tax due, whichever is higher. And after 12 months, another 300 pounds or 5% of the tax due. Right, okay, so late payment can be quite expensive. Yes, very much so, very much so. Um, you're also gonna pay interest. Or if so, for late payments, it's another common one, mm-hmm. you're, gonna, uh, you're gonna be paying interest. You're also gonna be paying uh, 5% of the tax due after 30 days, another 5% after five months, and another 5% after 11 months. Right. Bear and, and it's interesting, you know, up until recently, People were fairly um, laid back in terms of paying their tax, particularly when you looked at the interest that was being charged. But mm-hmm. obviously, with interest rates having gone up significantly, um, people are, are, are paying. Yeah, if the interest rate is 0.1 of a percent, then yeah. you can you can swallow that. If the yeah, interest yeah. rate is six, seven percent, then yeah. all of a sudden that's dramatic. It's again. getting more expensive for people. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's another one. Uh, other common mistakes: record keeping, mm-hmm. not keeping good records. Um, HMRC do carry out checks uh, into the records that you keep for mm-hmm. your um, buy-to-let business. Um, if they're not adequate, you can be hit with a 500 quid fine. If you repeatedly don't maintain good records, you can be hit with a fine of up to... And what, what does a good record mean then? How long do you have to actually keep records for? What level of detail? So you need to keep your records for five years after your filing deadline. So for your 21-22 tax year, your filing deadline is the 31st of January 2023. So you're talking about the 31st of January 2028. Right, okay. And that's that's normally where people fall down Mm -hmm. if they don't keep their records. And do you have to keep them physically as paper records or as an electronic record good enough? You can keep them electronically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that Mashroom have some some quite good uh, tools for uh, maintaining, helping uh, landlords maintain their records. Mm Um, but that, that's, a, that's a very uh, common one. And what depth of detail do you actually need to keep for that, that, that kind of reference? Uh, everything. So anything that, you know, wherever you're claiming, or declaring income or, or claiming deduction for an expense, you need to keep a record of what that expense was. Right, so okay. a copy of an invoice is the most common. Um, but it's fine to, to keep it electronically. Okay, so there's an awful lot of stuff to, to sort of keep across, and there's a lot of common mistakes that people can make. <laughs> And sometimes those mistakes will be made as a genuine error, and sometimes yes. people will be, you know... Deliberate. Yes. Yeah, um, which is kind of leads us on to, to, to the other common mistake, undeclared income. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, I forget what the statistic is, but the, 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 the revenue do a kind of assessment of how many people they think have undeclared um, rental income, and it's quite a significant number. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people need to be aware that, the rev- as, as we said at the start, the revenue have access to uh, information at land registry. Mm-hmm. So it's not 
hugely difficult for them to uh, work out when somebody has a property um, and is d isn't declaring the income. You know, go onto land registry, find the person. What 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 properties have they got? Check it against the tax return. Hang on a second. There's a bit of a gap here. And are they actively doing that at the moment? Yes, very much so. Very much so. I think. I suspect for them it's a kind of easy win that one because it is it's very easy to to to, to identify that gap. Um, so yeah, they are actively doing that. I'm okay. seeing quite a bit of it. So moment. so, what are the penalties then if you, if they if they look at it and they say you've got um, you've got five properties and it yeah. looks as if you've only been declaring income from two of them? Yeah. There's a big gap there. Yeah. What happens? Okay, so obviously you're going to have to pay your tax straight away. You're going to pay your interest, but you're also into penalties. Um, and the way they levy, pen levy penalties is, is largely based on uh, taxpayer behavior. Mm -hmm. So um, if you've been kept, so they look at it two ways. Is it, is it prompted or is it unprompted? So by that, let's say, let's say you've made a careless error mm -hmm. um, and um, it's an unprompted um, assessment. So essentially you've gone to the revenue and gone, look, I, I haven't I've declared made an error. I've, I've made, made a ricket yeah. here, I should have done this yeah. and I haven't, terribly and it's, sorry. It's careless. Mm -hmm. Then you're looking at sort of 10% to 30% 10 to of the tax was due as a penalty. Mm -hmm. If it's prompted, I, you know, revenue come along and say, what's this? And you go, sorry, it was mm -hmm. a careless error. Then it's, uh, it's the, the, the lower end is, I think it's 15% to 30% penalty. You're then getting into, um, Deliberate, again, deliberate, prompted, unprompted. So for deliberate, unprompted, 20%, 70%, prompted, 35% to 70%. You're then into deliberate and concealed, which is the kind of, you know, the real naughty end of the mm -hmm. scale. And you're talking anything up to 100% of the tax payable. I think the, th the, the important- As a penalty on top of on the top tax. On top of the tax, yes. Right, okay, so you'll effectively pay double. Yes, exactly. Right. I think the, the important thing to, 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 to note there is this you know, deliberate behavior. The, the onus to an extent is on the revenue to, to demonstrate deliberate behavior, um, which can be quite, quite difficult. Mm -hmm. um, I think you know, where it's a genuine error, uh, and it's a kind of first defence. Um, you know, you're, you're looking right down at the bottom of that scale. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, if for repeated offenders uh, with deliberate uh, behaviour, then you're heading up the other end. Um, there, there are, you know, you can appeal these, and if you have what's what they deem a reasonable excuse, mm -hmm. um, then that, that they do have the ability to to not levy a penalty or even suspend the penalty. Um, but reasonable excuses are fairly few and far between. I was going to say, is, is there a reasonable excuse for not knowing well, what you're doing with your own money? Um, when, <laughs> I, I think really what you're talking about is kind of, I don't know, a physical illness or mental illness, that kind of thing, where you can clearly demonstrate that you were incapacitated, something like that, right. then that's a reasonable excuse. Um, not knowing that that was the law is not a reasonable excuse. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it's, it's it's a difficult one to argue. So are there uh, some opportunities for, for landlords in particular who may be thinking to themselves, you know, I, maybe I have missed out on something here. I, there's something that I should have done and I haven't. You're feeling a bit hard pressed. You maybe have under declared for a period of time for whatever reason. Yeah. Is, is there a way 
I mean, what's the, the best route to go down? I guess that's what well, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> hold your hands up, come mm. clean. I mean, they have what's called a let property campaign. The revenue often go through this. They'll go through a campaign, um, I don't know, might be on plumbers or something like that for 12 months and say, look, you've got an opportunity to come forward and um, you know, declare undeclared income and we'll go easy on you. Um, they've, the let property campaign has been running for uh, a number of years now. Uh, and, and remains open and it's an opportunity for landlords to, to come forward um, a, 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 and be comfortable that the revenue aren't going to prosecute them. Um, so it, it's, uh, and again, with these kind of campaigns, the more open you are, the more helpful you are with the whole process, the less likely you are to be hit with a, 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 a significant um, uh, penalty. Right, okay. So in general, it's just much better to fess up. Yes, definitely. Be in contact definitely. and be proactive yep. rather than sitting there yeah. worrying about it. Very much so, very much so. As I say, particularly at the moment, because of the access to, to, to information that they, they've got. And after all the conversation we just had, it might seem, you know, a slightly backwards way of looking at things, but there are occasions when you will have overpaid tax. Yes, yes. So, um, if you're lucky enough to be in that um, that bracket, um, you can make what's called an overpayment claim. Mm -hmm. um, so it might be that you've um, not taken a deduction for an expense that you you know you find an invoice out of the blue that uh, you, you hadn't included. You, you've missed a deduction. Mm -hmm. uh, in those instances, you can go back four years. Right. Um, okay. And there's a specific. Um, again, the, the revenue are very helpful in terms of their um, their website. There's a specific way of making that claim, it's quite easy for an individual to do it without the assistance of, a, of an advisor. And are there quite a lot of those things that you should be aware of in terms of the things that you might have failed to claim for? Um, yes, I suppose there are. I mean, you know, we, we had a, a whole webinar on kind of uh, tax deductible expenses. Um, I think people are, tend to be fairly clued up on it mm -hmm. because obviously it helps reduce their tax liability. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it'll often be, um, you know, something out of the blue that they've just completely forgotten about. Um, and it's that opportunity to go back and, yeah. and get some tax Because it's, it's that thing, isn't it, where there, there, are, there are a lot of landlords, obviously, who really are across everything because they've got multiple properties, they've got a portfolio, it's their yeah. business, they do it. There's also quite a big chunk of people who are accidental landlords yes. and are figuring all this stuff out as they go along yeah, yeah. and may not realise what they could actually have claimed for or not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And it's those, you know, that's where the opportunity is. Great. Okay. Well, Richard, and once again, and it's always worth reiterating, if you've got any questions about it, seek advice. Definitely. Definitely. Take professional advice. Take professional advice. Richard Cunningham, once again, great to see you. My pleasure. See you again in the future, hopefully very soon. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. Richard Cunningham. Now we're joined once again by uh, Sunny Channer, who's one of Mushroom's building insurance specialists to talk about how errors can affect your insurance because um, it, it's, <laughs> it's very straightforward, isn't it? You've got to be kind of honest and straightforward and accurate when you're applying for insurance about what you're actually looking to get insured for. It is very imperative, uh, very important for them to be uh, truthful about their properties and whatever the information they are providing to as brokers. Okay, so let's start with a, a, a kind of a, a very straightforward thing, flat roofs. Flat roofs can always be problematic. Um, if you're not completely accurate about how much your property is covered by a flat roof, if you said that it was 5% flat roof, and in fact, if you measured it accurately, it was 10% flat roof, would that cause a big issue? 
It can or it cannot. Uh, it depends upon insurer to insurer. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, insurers automatically, if you have disclosed it, that there is a flat roof between 10 to 20 percent, mm -hmm. they automatically covers you up to 25 percent of flat roof. They take it in such a way that they will cover up to 25 percent. Okay. But if you have disclosed it as it's just 5 percent, but the flat roof is near like 70 percent, then it will uh, affect the policy. And presumably they would then just not pay out ultimately. Absolutely. Uh, they have got their clauses in their policies that uh, if you have not disclosed it or if the flat roof is more than that, then they will cover only to that part which is disclosed to them. Right, okay. So you'd be cutting off your nose to spite your face if you, if you didn't pay the premium on it. <laughs> yes. And you have to repair the flat roof. You don't get the payout. That's okay. Correct. So what about the rest of the construction of the building? Um, presumably similar things apply there. Absolutely correct. Um, uh, people sometimes, uh, or the landlords sometimes, don't disclose some of the information. Not intentionally, but they do totally forget about it. And that can cause issues during a claims. So it is very important for them to disclose all the information when they're giving out, when they're taking a court. Is, is there a document generally you can refer to then if you're being asked specific questions about what the building's made of, you know, is it brick or tile or those kind of things? Do you literally just have to go outside the building and take a look or is there something that you can refer to that you can give accurate information to your insurer? When property owners buy their property, they always get a documentation where they can refer to that what is, when was the property built, uh, what is the construction type, things like that. And uh, if they're not sure about anything, Whilst they're purchasing the property, they can go through with the solicitors and the mortgage lenders to confirm that. So they will get all the information prior to they proceed for, for any purchase of the property. Nice, okay. Um, now, <coughs> the, the numbers of things like uh, rebuild yeah. value, for instance, the amount that you insure your building to be rebuilt for, that can make a massive difference to how much your premiums. Absolutely correct. The thumb rule is lower the rebuild, lower the premium, higher the rebuild, higher the premium. But again, it uh, depends upon insurers. Uh, insurers Nowadays, they are coming up with blanket covers. Uh, but it is very, very vital for landlords to understand the rebuild value uh, because not every insurer will quote you on a blanket cover. They will always ask for reinstatement value or the rebuild value of the property. And if you get it wrong, if you if you said that your rebuild value is 50,000 and it actually is probably nearer 200,000 to rebuild the property, what happens? Insurer will pay out up to fifty thousand only. The rest of the money has to be taken, has to be bear by the landlord. Right. So you better make sure you've got one hundred and fifty grand in the pocket <laughs> just in case. Okay. So uh, other than that kind of a scenario, um, are there other? Can you can you be penalised? Are there active punishments for people if you do lie about the kind of cover that you want? It depends upon uh, again what kind of a lie is. Um, if they have not disclosed anything, which is, was very important to, uh, to the property and to the court, uh, it goes against them. And uh, maybe uh, in the future, they have to pay more premium or it's a non class as a non-disclosure. So it can go against them and they may have to pay a, a higher premium. They need to find out a specialist insurance for that. Okay, great. And if you want to ask any questions around your insurances? Absolutely, contact me, then definitely you can uh, anytime you need to uh, call your broker and you can speak to somebody who can help you out. Great stuff. Sonny, thanks ever so much. Cheers, thank Sonny you. Chana.
Well, now for the latest news this week, covering potential landlord bans and one of the largest fines we've ever covered on the show. Now, we've been talking in the last few episodes about landlord licensing that's been coming in across the UK, but now Citizens Advice Scotland is taking that a step further and calling for a ban on landlords who evict tenants illegally. Scotland already has a landlord register, which requires landlords to pass a council's fit and proper person test. You can fail this test if you've been found to have discriminated against a tenant, harassed or illegally evicted someone. However, having a previous criminal conviction doesn't guarantee that someone would fail that test. Citizens Advice Scotland also wants the government to introduce mandatory training for landlords before they can register and better data collection about illegal evictions. Penalties for landlords who let out a property without doing the training would include fines as a deterrent. Now, while this may feel like landlords yet again bearing the brunt of new legislation, Citizens Advice Scotland have pointed out that bad landlords who engage in harassment or illegal eviction do cast a shadow over the whole sector. Social justice spokesperson Eve Deary added, that's why mandatory training and tougher penalties like bans or fines for rogue landlords should be considered as part of any forthcoming housing bill. So while this would be yet another hoop for Scottish landlords to have to jump through, it could be seen as a positive thing for the sector as a whole, ensuring that there are fewer bad apples to spoil the whole barrel. Now, speaking of bad apples, a landlord whose properties were below standard and unlicensed has been hit with a huge fine. Uh, now, fines do hit the, the Mushroom Show headlines on a fairly regular basis, but this latest one is the biggest that we think we've ever covered. Road landlord Stephen Cunningham has been fined £115,000 for operating four poorly run and unlicensed HMOs. Based in West Northamptonshire, the local council's private sector housing team inspected Cunningham's four properties after a series of complaints about noise, fly tipping, and waste. All of the properties were found to have a litany of issues and all were unlicensed for HMO rental. All of Cunningham's tenants were vulnerable and without the council's intervention, very little would have been done to improve living conditions in the properties. Cunningham has been given a £100,000 fine and had to pay an additional £15,000 in costs to the council as well as a £181 statutory victim surcharge. Councillor Adam Brown said he hoped that this prosecution is a warning to all rogue landlords, as our housing team are committed to making renting safer for our residents and stopping rogue and criminal landlords. This case demonstrates that we will act when members of the public contact us with their concerns. Now on The Mashroom Show, we're joined once again by Emmy Stedman, who's uh, one of Mashroom's brilliant landlord product specialists for lettings. And uh, obviously we've been talking about tax and errors and what all of that really boils down to is making sure that um, you're proactive and professional in the way that you approach all of your landlording business, not just the tax side of things. Mashroom can help with that in lots of different ways. So Emmy, let's start off then with what's the, uh, what's the best thing that Mashroom can offer in helping landlords be professional in what they're doing? 
So I definitely think you need to make sure you invest in the right insurances, which we can absolutely help with, with our 5% package. Um, I think landlords need to um, know how to deal with things. So let's just say your tenant does get into rent arrears. Um, the landlord with those insurances will know how to deal with it and will know what to do and will know what the next steps are. Um, with um, home emergencies, with our home emergency insurance, the landlord will know how to deal with those problems. And I think knowing how to deal with those things is the first step in, in running a professional business. Um, compliance as well is another really important thing that landlords need to make sure that they're always on top of. Mm -hmm. Your EICR, your gas safety, your EPC. Um, we have our document storage tool um, in which you can upload all those documents to, um, keep them all in one place. And then when things are up for renewal, we'll let you know, and then we can book those for you as yeah, well. Yeah, there's a lot to keep across there, isn't there? And there's a couple of other things that I wanted to, to briefly talk through. References and, uh, the, and, and inventories. Yeah, so referencing is not a legal requirement, but for me anyway, it is an absolute must that a landlord gets referencing done before they move anyone into their property. First of all, it's uh, it gives you clarity on you know employment and, um, credit checks and whatnot, but also um, without a past reference, um, you won't be able to get your rent guarantee insurance, which as I've mentioned is, is an absolute must. Um, inventories, mm -hmm. um, always get one of those at the start of the tenancy, Mashroom can organise that for you, um, and that will just help if there are any uh, uh, disputes at the end of the tenancy, or you need to make any claims, then you've got all of that mm -hmm. in writing at the start of the tenancy. And so uh, deposits, obviously that's you know where landlords obviously would generally look to get their money back at the end of a, a tenancy if there have been any issues around it but they don't necessarily need to do that specifically there's the a, a deposit replacement product that you can offer that, that actually does things differently yeah so um we've got our deposit replacement product which is is becoming ever more popular now um, amongst both landlords and tenants um so what it is is rather than the tenant paying five weeks worth of rent upfront at the start of the tenancy. The tenant just only has to pay one week's worth of rent mm -hmm. and then the landlord has up to 12 weeks worth of cover. So it's advantageous for the tenant, especially now with the cost of living crisis that we're in, when they don't need to pay as much money in advance. And it's advantageous for the landlord because they're going to get more than double the cover that they'd get with a standard deposit. That's okay. That's well worth thinking about. And tax. Tax is so complicated. There's so many things for people to think about. Are there ways that Mashroom can help out? Yeah, with absolutely. Tax headaches? Yes, definitely. So um, we've got our document storage tool where you can keep all your receipts, keep everything tracked on there and keep it all in one place. Um, and we've also got our expense tracker as well. So that's fully downloadable. Um, while it won't do your tax for you, it will definitely help. Right, excellent. And if people want to take advantage of any of these things? Come and speak to us at Lettings. Come and speak to Emmy Stedman at Mashroom. Well, that's it for the Mashroom Show for this episode. But there's always plenty more to come. We've got Adrian McClinton is coming back on Friday the 19th of May talking about the very real risks involved in rent-to-rent -rent schemes. Don't forget uh, to follow us online and join our Facebook community. And if you want to listen to the show again, keep an eye on your inbox. The recording will be with you very shortly. But for the moment, it's goodbye for now. And we'll see you again on the 19th of May. <laughs>